Sometimes, when you see yourself slipping away, you see another self. But then you begin to understand that this self is also yourself, and is all selves. Lines of distinction begin to blur and you realize that you are not you, and I am not me, but we are everything and we are infinite. All joys, fears, hopes, and dreams are experienced as one. All understanding is as one. And all listeners are now joining Sword of Symphonies. Thank you for joining us at Sort of Symphonies. It is me, Kirsten. I'm driving this intro ship today, and along for the ride, our GM, our king, Cat. Cat. Just Cat today. There was a bit of a pause there. I had to think about it. Uh, you had to think: Is today a day you want to be Cat, or is today somebody else? <gasps> Whoa! Somebody else is an option. <laughs> I- <laughs> Sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. I have thinking to do. <laughs> so Kirsten has uh, very bravely taken the wheel and introduced herself. Hello, Kirsten. Hi. Yes, it is me. Did you bring enough for the rest of the class? Uh oh. Also, don't look at this note that that's been going around. This 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 drawing means nothing. Please introduce your co-stars, Kirsten. We have a Nick. Hello. Hi, Nick. Hi, Kirsten. And we have a Kathleen. Hi. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. And yes, we have Kat. Hi again, Kat. Hi again, Kirsten. (laughs) Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party fought and overcame the emissaries of the chosen emperor who had descended upon the Westbreaker, even though the emperor himself was kept at bay by the coral spirit. The party fought off the lesser daemons, only to find that the Westbreaker was still veiled by a powerful spell, which they attempted to break by brute, well, no, which Penelope attempted to break by brute force. And then Penelope eventually realized that maybe that was bad and instead broke the spell by communicating with it. And in some way with the person who had cast it, Gideon Gaius Merciful, who is currently passed out somewhere on the Westbreaker. As the spell begins to fade, the white light just dissolves into flecks like stardust and rises up like embers into the sky. And the Westbreaker sinks slowly and softly to its normal level in the ocean. So Penelope is still like passed out on the sand. Oh yeah, Penelope's out cold. I forgot to mention that. Penelope's out cold. Well, that probably makes two of them. Uh, Tissa stands up and... Uh, sort of shuffles over to Penelope and I think begins grabbing some of her effects because she knows what happened here. And she's not tall enough to carry Penelope in any way that makes sense, but she can help a little bit. It's better than worrying about everything. And 
I think Pollyanna is not used to this because it is not normal for Penelope to cast this much magic or to do this much pass out. So Pollyanna is just like pacing and stamping. Aww, we're Polly. Tissa doesn't have writing, but she's going to try to roll sensitivity writing plus love. Do you like sensitivity or understanding for this better to like try to calm down the cloud elk? I think I prefer uh, understanding. Okay. Two successes. Two successes. Pollyanna knows you and Pollyanna trusts Tissa. We've established this already. She stops pacing. Her ears are twitching and rotating around. She's still pretty nervous, but she's stopped pacing. She's just kind of settled next to Penelope on the sand. I wonder if you can feel her around there. I don't know. It's never quite like that. I never remember where I was. And she, uh, if the bow hadn't had the tension removed yet, removed the tension on the bow and bundles a few things up and wraps them up in a blanket, sort of where she mostly has seen that they are normally. Yeah. I think Rada is going to give a frustrated grunt and roll their eyes and then eventually hobble over to Penelope and try to get her up off the sand. They whisper something to Pollyanna and Polly shifts over to them to make it a little bit easier. Cobb at this point kind of stands up and winces. I'll go get some stuff from the boat. I need some ointment. I'll get some, I'll get some pillows or something for Penelope. Mm-hmm. I know you don't like the boat, Polly, so we, we, we can stay out here. Uh, keep an eye on that, and Cobb points to the bubbling kelp stuff. Uh, keep an eye on that for me, would you, Tissa? It's, it's almost done. Should be done by the time I get back, and between that and the ointment on the ship, I should be fine. Okay. This one smells better than the other one. I still don't think I'd want to drink it. You said you don't have to do that one, though, for this, so that's good. No, yeah, this is this is a topical. Uh, don't... Well, it's not toxic or poisonous or anything, but it it tastes awful, so don't don't eat it. But I'll be right back. Rada looks up from whispering to Pollyanna a little bit more and says, you know, she doesn't mind the ship that much. Oh. Says she's used to it. Oh. Well, if she is okay, then we can take Penelope back with us over to the ship. Yep. Come on, dipshit. Let's get you up. And Rada kind of grunts and starts, like, heaving Penelope up onto Pollyanna's back. And Polly is kind of shifting in response to the things that Rada is whispering to her. Between the two of them, they manage to coordinate enough to sling Penelope over Pollyanna's back. There you go, jackass. You're good now. And Rada gives, like, a big slap on uh, Penelope's back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, we managed it together, right? And Pollyanna gives a, what could be mistaken for a nod. 
All right, well, I'll see you all back on the ship here real quick. We'll get some stuff, and we can camp out here tonight. I don't know if we're in a hurry to go anywhere. Hmm. Maybe. We, we can reconvene and go over our plans, then, if this is a place that feels like maybe we'll get another visit, so... I'll be back in a bit, though. Think of think about what you want to do tonight, everybody. And Cobb gets in the rowboat and starts rowing. Alrighty, back to Shipsy. Is anyone going back to Shipsy with Cobble? Maybe not. Tissa has been told to watch the thing. She's in a place where she's probably pretty suggestible. She's still pretty overwhelmed. I don't think she has much initiative. Okay. So Tissa's going to watch the thing. Volquin's going to help watch the thing. She just kind of sits on the sand with a battered old sword clutched in her hands. Daybreak kind of sprawls out on the sand. They shed the cloud elk form and just kind of take their normal serpentine form to lounge around in the sand coiled near Rada. Rada realizes that we're not taking Penelope back to the ship and coordinates an effort with Pollyanna to get Penelope back in the sand, (laughs) swearing softly as they do. Daybreak nearby does not help. (laughs) And Cobb, you make it back to the Westbreaker, which is extremely quiet. Hello, Sot. Uh, uh, hi, Captain. Okay, good. Where's Gideon? Uh, right, uh, right here. Right here. Okay, good. Uh, Let's get here somewhere comfortable. And when you get onto the deck, you find that Gideon is sprawled on the deck. Sot is kind of clumsily trying to put her Gladius back in the sheath. He had apparently drawn it and was holding onto it. Now he doesn't... He's kind of trying to figure out how it goes. Don't force it. It'll, it'll just just line it up. Uh, it'll go in there, on its own practically. There, there, oh, there it is. There it goes. Okay. Anyways, let's let's get her to her quarters, or at least in a hammock or something. Right, right. Uh, is she gonna be okay? Oh yeah, she'll be fine. Um, she's not going to be uh, very happy that this happened. Uh, she has been she had been doing this for quite a long time before we met her, so she's probably going to be a little grumpy when she wakes up, but she'll be okay. Okay. Uh, are you guys okay? I will be once I make a trip to the medicine cabinet. Right, here. Uh, what do you need? Uh, I, I can't really carry her, so. Yeah, Cobb lists a couple of things I don't like. Yeah. You know, a burn ointment, whatever aspirin slash ibuprofen exists that they, they picked up. Just that sort of stuff. Thank Gillies. And Sot scrambles off to the medicine chest to pick up the things that you list. Yeah, Cobb will find the, I guess, the most comfortable-looking setup for Gideon. Put Gideon in her bed, in her quarters. Leave a little note for her when she wakes up. Leave some water and maybe some headache medicine. Okay. Yeah, she is not particularly heavy. She's quite small. She's not difficult to lift. And she is out like a light. Actually, once Cobb... Uh, puts her there. Uh, he is still going to leave a little note for her, but when Sot comes back with the medicine, just be kind of like, 
hey, could you stay here and watch her? I need to go back over to the shore, get some stuff there. Um, uh, okay. I'll be right back after that. Uh, okay. I have, uh, I have some, some more medicine over there waiting for me. Uh, I can. And Sot pulls up a chair and sits down. He's going to do his best. Cobb is going to eat a couple of the pain meds and get to work putting the, the ointment on his back as he hops back down to the uh, to the rowboat to head back over and complete his de-burning. Yeah. And the party camps out for the night. Is there anything that we want to establish before, I don't know, before morning? I'm not going to, like, do a fight to you in the middle of the night, not after all the chunks I took out of you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cruel of me. And I only have so much of that in me. <laughs> what time does Penelope rouse from her overscatter? Early, early morning. Okay. No, wait, it is, um, the fight was in the afternoon, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. So like midnight, probably. Um, is anyone else awake? Cobb is probably awake, seeing as even with all the medicine, he's probably have finding sleep difficult. Yeah, let's have a scene then, because I thought of an activity that um, Tissa could do. Let's. So I think when Penelope kind of rouses, she stumbles out to get some water and try to, like, ease her head. Do I see both Cobb and Tissa? Yeah, why not? I think that they're probably both sitting by the embers of a fire and Tissa is pointing out the constellation that she saw in the tree. Are Rod and Fulquin still there or did they go to sleep already? Yeah, they're there, but they're asleep. Okay. So I think Penelope comes over and sits by Cobb and Tissa and um, is quiet for a little while and then says, Thanks, um... You, uh, thanks for taking care of me and, and Polly. Um, I really appreciate it. No, Polly it. can take care of herself, but <laughs> you're welcome. That's, that's true, that's true. I, I tend to fuss over her, but she's... <laughs> mm, the other cavalier said that she doesn't mind the boat so much. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I was I was worried that maybe I was keeping her confined too long. But if, if she's okay, then that's good. Yeah, Rada was a big help. They helped make sure that Polly calmed down. Little one-two there with Tissa and Rada. Oh. And Cobb tries his best to give sort of a, like, punchy gesture, but kind of winces as it pulls on some <laughs> of his burn. Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You're looking... Is it is it at least calmed down a little bit since earlier? I should probably be fine in a day or so. Yeah, the the kelp is a little more effective than you'd think. Just something something I learned from. Uh, well, I guess I'm the captain now. Something something I learned from my dad. Huh. huh. I think Penelope kind of gazes. And looks in the direction 
of the constellation that Tissa was looking at. Oh, the sky is so beautiful tonight. Yeah, nice and clear. Good, cool breeze. Yeah. It's just calm here. Something feels different. Yeah. Do you remember where you went at all? It's... It's sort of like a half-remembered dream. You know those dreams you have just before waking? And then they kind of blend together and you're not sure what if what happened in the dream was a dream or you did it did happen. Mm. Kind of felt like that. But then, I don't know, there was a lot. There was a lot. Like, everything was brighter and rougher and a lot of feelings. Hmm. Well, what, what about you then? You doing okay? You feeling good after all of that uh, experience? Yeah, th- thanks. There's, um... It got me thinking about, about things and connection and people. Well, here, I saved you a little bit of the rations and Cobb hands Penelope, um... We'll say like one of the smaller parts of the rations, maybe like a candied fruit or something like that. Oh, thanks. I'm starving. Penelope kind of like brightens up a little and her like pensiveness shifts away and she's a little bit more her usual self. What have you both been up to recuperating? Yep, letting, letting the medicine work its magic. Yeah. Feel a little better. That's good kind of gone down to a dull heat. I am going to have one awful sunburn, though. <laughs> well. Yeah, Tissa sort of just looks off into the distance toward the Westbreaker. How's Gideon? Mm, she's still... And she sort of gestures. Well, she's still asleep from what I can tell. Uh, I left a note with her. And sought, and I was hanging out with them until uh, until it was bedtime, but I left her a note that uh, if she wakes up, that there's a lantern, and she can signal us, and we'll come get her if she wants to get off the boat. And if not, I guess we'll all see her in the morning. I get it now, though. Hmm? Good. Yeah. It's easy to lose yourself in it, isn't it? Tissa, it's like smiles. <sighs> okay, so what do you call this one? What do you call this one, the mermaid? Because I asked everyone, and they all said something different. What oh. was it you said big guy again? Oh, yeah, that was the deep whale. Yeah. Oh, we call that one the plow. Should be noted that that is the same answer that Rada gave. They grew up in the same town, after all. Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's that's one of the ones I always remembered from the few that my dad was able to teach me <laughs> when I would sit still long enough. Well, it's just always there. Always. Mm-hmm. And tonight it is there, twinkling in a clear sky. 
You know, when the sky is clear enough that you can see the subtle movements of the stars. That twinkling is actually the interference of debris and dust and space and atmospheric things that manage to ever so briefly eclipse the light of distant suns, but that's neither here nor there to our adventurers right now. All that really matters is that the stars are wavering and twinkling and dancing. That's quite the callback to our, uh, our astronomy stuff. <laughs> Not as metal this time, but I think that fits this scene. Yeah. It's a very soft, heavily distorted guitar. <laughs> but anyways, Penelope, if you're up now, could you help me change my bandages? Oh, oh, of course. The new one should be over there in the pot. Yeah, yeah. And then and Penelope goes over and takes out a, a bandage. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Obviously the pot's still warm. <laughs> Here, and then she like, then uses the, a stick that she realizes is nearby to help fish the kelp out. And fishes it out. Let's it cool for a little bit until it's ready to put on and change for Cobb. Yeah, Cobb has a great big anime bandages all over his upper right shoulder and arm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He smells like seaweed. Yeah. But he feels a lot better. I'm glad to hear that. Tissa, you notice one of Pollyanna's eyes open. She casts a look at Penelope <laughs> and then closes it and either goes back to sleep or goes back to pretending to be asleep. Hard to say. Oh, I'm looking forward to a shower when we get back. I'm going to smell like seaweed the whole time. Speaking of when we get back, with everyone's permission, shall we cut to the next day? Yes, please. It is the next morning. Rada and Fulquin are awake. Rada returns from the tree line with daybreak right behind them, and they both have armfuls of scavenged leaves and fruit. Daybreak has found some mushrooms that they greedily pop in their mouth as they walk. When Penelope sees the group return, comes up and gives a little wave to everybody, and then kind of waits till Rada is uh, away from the others of the group. Hey, uh, Rada? What? Could I talk to you for, for a moment? Yeah, sure. Um, I... I just, I, I wanted to apologize. I... I haven't been treating you very fairly or really aware of your feelings in the way that I, I should have been. Rada looks completely stunned. Like, <laughs> Rada looks absolutely gobsmacked that you have said this. I didn't, I didn't really realize it till last, yesterday. And I, 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 I understand now. Um, and I'm sorry. Did you hit your head? <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm good. I <laughs> I fell in the sand, so I'm physically I'm I'm good. Just uh Did you hit your head when we dropped you? <laughs> Did I make you hit your head? <laughs> oh, and and thank you for helping me and Polly. I know she must have been worried when I went away like that, so 
Thank you. Uh, sh sure? I I'm still not quite... Look, if you're going to apologize to anybody, apologize to her. Rada points at Pollyanna. She told me all about it. You're constantly doing idiot shit and worrying her sick. Aw, that is true. I really should consider how she feels. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. She says it's hard looking out for you and you don't make it easy on her. I really don't. I've never made it easy on people. Yeah, obviously. My poor mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what you're apologizing for, but thanks. I'm a little bit of a hurricane and don't really realize how I can sometimes oh, yeah. intrude on people, you know? Intrude on? Well, like, I tend to just, like, barge in and just... Yeah. 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 Sorry, my, my brain... I'm not still a little bit foggy this morning, but... Oddly, in a way, I also feel clear. <laughs> yeah. Are you drunk? <laughs> I wish. No. No, I think... <laughs> I think just... I felt a lot of things. It's a lot of feelings. And I don't think about feelings super often, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tend to just sort of... Do whatever you want all the time? Yeah. 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 Well, come on. If you're going to apologize to her, you're going to need a translator. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and maybe a little bit of clover would help, too? It is her favorite. What? She doesn't like clover? No, her favorite is apples. <gasps> Everybody knows this. Oh, my gosh. What does she spend all her time doing when she's in Northridge? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you just decided things. Yeah, I kind of just sort of declare things and then think they're true. <sighs> Come on. We have so much apologizing to do to Pollyanna. Penelope follows and... If I gave Jem as much grief as you give her, she'd kick me in the head. I, 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 I'm lucky that Polly's been as patient as she has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. You have no idea. You are. <laughs> <laughs> You're laying it on a little thick, Rada. <laughs> I'll lay it on however thick I want. Maybe I'm just laying it on a little too thick for someone who's a million years old. <laughs> I only feel like I'm a million years old. <laughs> and look. Penelope tries to hide a little, like... <laughs> Cobb is also yelling because I'm he is probably away from everyone because he smells like the sea in a bad way. Smells <laughs> like the ocean. Smells like kelp that had been baking in the sun for maybe a little too long, which he also kind of feels like at the moment. <laughs> and then Rada and Penelope go over to begin the process of apologizing to Pollyanna for all of the shit that Penelope does. For putting people in dangerous situations, for putting herself in dangerous situations, for not thinking about it. Yep. For not paying attention yep. to her actions or the actions of others. 
Yep. And just all around being a little bit of a hurricane. <laughs> and when all is said and done, Pollyanna steps forward and rests her chin on your shoulder, gives you a nuzzle in the neck. I love you, you know that? The day I met you has got to be one of the greatest days of my life. Thank you for always <laughs> sticking by me. Polly, or, well, Penelope kind of tosses <laughs> Polly's mane. without one of those. It's not complete without one of those. I was wondering which of us was going to do it first. I'm so <laughs> glad it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> and. Oh, and I brought you, I actually brought you your favorite. Here. And she hands an apple. And yeah, Polly loves apples. She gladly accepts this. You can thank Rada for teaching me. <laughs> Rada eventually rolls their eyes and says, she says she loves you too. <laughs> Thanks, Rada. All right. I'm going to go before Daybreak eats everything. Yeah. Rada, you're a good friend. You've always been super honest with me. Kept me in check. You're a bad patient, though. You've been walking around too much this morning. Stay off the leg. <laughs> God. Does he think he's everyone's dad or just mine? I think he thinks he's everyone's dad. I think it, That's the worst. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're having a moment. God. <laughs> yeah, well... Somebody has got to try and get through to you. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. And a gentle approach doesn't work, so. <laughs> it really doesn't. I'm not the subtle type. All right, I'm going. And Rada goes back to the campfire to settle in next to Folkwin. And the boat comes ashore. Hi, everyone. Oh, hi. Gideon gives a wave. Sot also kind of stands up and then realizes he shouldn't stand in the boat and sits back down. Oh, Sot. Puts his hands out like, okay, nope, steady. Hey, glad you're up. Glad you're up. We got uh, coffee over there. We have some breakfast. Yay. Or at least what's left. And Cobb kind of gives the side eye to Daybreak, who I am sure is completely ignoring him. Oh, absolutely. Completely ignoring him. That's correct. Uh, whatever you can. Um, you doing okay? Yep. I'm sorry I didn't come out last night, but I didn't want to leave the baby alone and he'd fallen asleep. I had not. I was awake the whole time. He was asleep. Oh, well, thank you. I, uh, I didn't want to stink up the ship. Because of what I'm assuming is the seaweed. Correct. That it, mm. It's not the worst thing a person can smell like. And she doesn't explain this. She just heads off to the fire to go grab some food. Cobb just as an aside to Tissa, it gets worse when it gets warmer. Well. Tissa starts as though she has something to follow the well with and doesn't. And sort of follows Gideon. Look at you. You're a mess. Uh, did you get hurt? 
uh, I don't think it's bleeding anymore, but I'm gonna need new ones. I'm sorry. Mm. There were too many of them to fight, so I just had to kind of <laughs> go to sleep. Are you okay? Oh, yeah. I'm fine. Okay. I just went to sleep again. Like usual. <sighs> oh, don't make that face. What face Tissa was making is, of course, completely inscrutable to the viewer, but... It is probably inscrutable to everybody but Gideon. Yeah. <laughs> Gideon has somehow detected that Tissa is making a face. Tissa gets one success on subtlety survival. Mm-hmm. Um, I snatched this one, and she produces a mushroom from somewhere while we were foraging. <gasps> Ooh. And Daybreak didn't know about it. So it's for you. Tissa. I'd say I'll treasure it always, but I'm extremely hungry. No, you should treasure it right now. You know I think I will. Good. Are you hungry? Um, I mean, you know how I am. It's, it's, it's the foraging. It's just sort of like, browse. Mm. But I know how you are, which is why I asked, because sometimes you don't notice unless someone asks you. Tissa, like, genuinely considers this question and fails a subtlety humanity role. <laughs> It still hurts. Well, let's share some breakfast then. It won't make the pain go away, but you should probably eat. Yeah. Mm. Thanks for coming to my rescue. Again. Um, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Did... Did you talk to Red? Mm. Gideon stares off into space thoughtfully. Why do I feel like the answer to that is yes? And she pulls out one of her knives and starts slicing the mushroom against her thumb. Just cheerily humming to herself. Sot, it should be noted, has brought a small box with more supplies from the medicine cabinet in it. Oh, thank you, Mr. Sot. You, uh, you doing okay, Captain? Oh, I'll be fine. Okay. Uh, the worst of it's past. It's just going to be uh, a little annoying until I get over it. You know, like a, like a bad sunburn. Yeah. Uh. I'm glad you got them. It was kind of scary. Yeah, sorry about that. I'll, um, I'll stay with you next time. Okay. I mean, I was fine. We were fine. It's just, I, uh, <laughs> I forgot where I put my sword, so I just kind of borrowed hers. Don't tell her, okay? Your secret's safe with me. Well, just let me know if you want to... Uh, move up your sword fighting lessons. 
Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for being there for Gideon. Uh, well, she's usually there for me. All right. And something that you can do for everyone else is take those to Tissa and take those to Rada. Right. And thank you for that. And Cobb grabs his medicine. Aye, aye, Captain. And he scampers off to make his deliveries. And eventually Fulquin wanders over to Penelope and kind of peeks around her and looks up into her face. Oh, hey. How are you doing? I'm feeling pretty good. Much more collected than earlier. How, mm. how are you feeling? I feel great. Oh, good. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Thank you three for looking out for us. No, it's, it's no problem. I, I'm also lucky I had everyone helping me out. So we're, we're all a team. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very brave what you did. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Mm. You know, you're also brave too. You know that, right? <laughs> it's easy to be brave when you've got the right people around you, you know? <laughs> oh. And then I think Penelope kind of has a glance over at Rada and then looks back at Fulquin and is like, Yeah, yeah, it's. No one's an island, right? Mm hmm. I think we're still gonna go to the last tooth. There's still a lot that we need to learn. Yeah, I, I kind of suspected as much. Hmm. I've got a weird new staff. Yeah. Do you, do you mind if I, like, take a look at it? I won't touch it, but. Well, she puts her hands under the blade and holds it up to you. It is battered and rusty. Have you ever seen photos of ancient swords? To a modern eye, they don't look much like swords, really. They look kind of just like flat sticks. A trained eye knows that these are weapons. Or they were. It would take some doing to make them into weapons again. And this is one such blade. It's, it's beautiful in its uniqueness. It looks almost like it was made by nature, even though it's, it's a blade. It doesn't look like it was crafted, more like it was grown, you know? Mm. It was made a very long time ago. But nature made it into what it is now. <laughs> yeah, I see. You know, back then, it wasn't just the people telling me to lead everyone. Oh? He wanted me to, too. Oh, I see. Did did he, like, say, or did you just kind of feel it more? Like, I know Tissa feels things. I think she hears it, too. I don't, like, did you hear him say? Or? Mm -hmm. Well, he very often tells me what a good ruler would do. Oh. 
I think maybe he wants me to be a good rule. I don't know. I don't know, but he believes in me. And so do they. Well, you're... You are someone that I'm sure people would be willing to follow you. I I know there are people willing to follow you. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've always wanted to thank you for encouraging me to go on an adventure instead of being a queen. I mean... We've had some wonderful adventures. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. And that's... You know, I miss my home and I miss my family, but I wouldn't give up what I've learned having traveled and suffered, even though suffering is not, doesn't feel great. You, you learn. I wouldn't trade that. Wow. (laughs) I'm glad that you did this, and I'm glad that you have people to go on the journey with you. That's, I'm, I'm glad I have people to go on my journey. I think that's really actually the biggest thing that I've gained, too, is, is the people. Wow. <laughs> you know, we're like the same age, but just now you sounded a lot older than me. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> but you should tell them, you know? I guess I get a little bit reflective after, after, uh, hmm. after my, my spells. So, um, maybe I'll do it. Cobb, Tissa! She waves her hands in the air. <laughs> Tissa at least looks over. Hmm. Penelope says she's grateful for you guys. <laughs> I think Penelope blushes, but then gives a big smile and is like, it's true. People deserve to know these kinds of things. <laughs> That's very sweet of you, Penelope. Thank you. <laughs> You're right, Fulquin. <laughs> if you don't tell them, people won't know. And then if people don't know, can't expect them to be mind readers. Yep. Besides, you're usually so honest. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, Fulquin, you always get me to think. <laughs> I don't think it's that hard, no matter what Rada says. And she wanders off. (laughs) And then I think at that, Penelope chuckles, and then she kind of, like, looks at Rada, gives a little, like, a wave, like... Rada rolls their eyes. Rada has been watching this entire time, by the way, like a hawk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here. I have something for you. Hmm? This is for, well, for you and Rada. Here. Penelope rips a piece of sketch paper gently out of her book and folds it. Don't open it till you go back to sit by Rada. Uh-uh. You open it together, uh, okay? Oh, okay. And then... Okay. <laughs> Penelope, you're being weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to. <laughs> yeah, okay. You are allowed to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then when uh, Fulquin sits down by Rada and opens it up. It's a picture that Penelope was sketching of Rada and Fulquin sitting together looking at the stars. Aw. Oh, that's very sweet. And underneath it says, Thank you both. You are wonderful people. You see Rada just turn beet red 
and then just do their best to give you this, what the hell, Penelope, look. <laughs> well, Fulquin laughs. And was, I do believe that's where we're going to call memory time. No, Kirsten, I'm calling memory time. Okay. <laughs> you don't get to protest. Just give me your memories. <laughs> Oh, my heart was so touched when everyone was, like, helping an unconscious Penelope. And, like, I legit am so sad that I didn't realize all this time Polly's favorite food is apples. <laughs> the deep Pollyanna lore. Deep Pollyanna lore. The deepest lore. They remind her of home. Oh, Northridge does have the best apples. <laughs> I really appreciated Penelope's little present for Rada and Fulquin. It's very sweet. Penelope is a very sweet girl. She tries. Yeah, it was very touching. <laughs> Doesn't always understand, but sometimes, sometimes Doesn't she tries. always stick the landing. <laughs> this was nice. Yeah. I figured I was, I was unusually mean to everyone last session. <laughs> no, I, it was, you know, it, I really love the like contrast in like high energy, like, oh, boom, 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 like fight. And then the like recouping after and like people kind of have a chance to take care of each other and that kind of thing. So I like that kind of stuff. So that's, that's Penelope's arc. This is the first time I feel like Penelope's learned a lesson. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm touched. Hey, listener, did you feel like you learned a lesson? Either way, honestly, I was going to say if so, but either way, you can tell us all about what you did or didn't learn on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs or on our website, sortofsymphonies.com. You can also join us on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network Discord or in our own heroic Discord. You can find links to those in various places on Twitter. Just go look. They're, they're right there. They're waiting for you. Wow. Beautiful. If you're proud of me for not referencing Alanis Morissette when Kirsten was talking about how... <laughs> you learn, you learn. Kirsten, if you're proud of me for not doing that... <laughs> Yeah, come join us on the Discord and let us know. It is in our pinned tweet. We would love to hear from you. Let us know whether or not you are or are not waiting for us in the test chamber. <laughs> we'll see you next time, Dr. Freeman. Catch you next time. Bye, Zs. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange. Tragic news on this, the first day of school in Chillhaven, as a local teen has been found dead under what authorities are describing as mysterious circumstances. The unusual. So sleeping is difficult because... I don't blink, so... Oh my god. Okay. The monstrous. 
And then he vomits out his whole skeleton onto his desk. What? And when you were a hip young teen coming of age in one of these locations. So I'm like walking, trying to like subtly unzip my hair out of my backpack. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius. What do they fluctuate, Zeke? Molecules? A burgeoning telekinetic. I think you have telekinetic powers. That's so specific for you to say right now. Um. <laughs> or a social media influencer. And she took a and she took a selfie too, and she put glass their fake glasses. <laughs> Your safety is not guaranteed. Why do I keep being made to look at things that shouldn't be? <laughs> In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High is a real play radiophonic supernatural teen drama. New episodes every Tuesday. Follow us everywhere at Chillhaven High.